Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so, it is now, as we're recording this, it's July 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that the the 4th of July fireworks can end now? Please. I think they're just here now. It's it's yeah. like, like plague and murder hornets. We just have <laughs> just fireworks all the yeah, time like how the yeah the cicadas just settle in for what years or months at a time or whatever mm-hmm. just for a summer that's what yeah. we have i it is i they started long before the fourth mm-hmm. yeah uh and they persist they were so loud last night and very close to us in they proximity i could kind of see them through the trees mm-hmm. i couldn't see them well so i couldn't tell exactly where they were coming from but i could kind of see them um and here in West Virginia, I guess it's legal now to have the real ones. Um, you know, I don't even know if it is, but I know it definitely wasn't like two years ago. But now it seems like everyone has them. So I have no idea. Because it, it on the 4th of July, it sounded like like I it, I felt like we were under attack. Yeah, because yeah. there were so many different explosions coming from so many different directions Hey, I have to imagine it was even worse in New York. Right. Uh, the 4th of July was just, I mean, it started at 2 p.m., which I really don't understand what the joy of setting off fireworks when it's daylight. You can't see them, especially those, yeah. like, nice ones that are, I mean, I don't know. That's like a $100 fireworks show going on at, like, 2 p.m. But, yeah, it started around 2 p.m., and it, it went on until about 5 a.m. I'm pretty mm-hmm. nocturnal, but, like, this past month, it's just been like every night they start around like eight or nine and they go until two or three, and it just yeah. it doesn't uh, it does it I don't know it doesn't stop, and they're all they're all all cleaned up the next day, but like it's a it's a Where thing. Where they go? I, I well, like you know usually like the people that said that like it's just it's it's weird. Uh, yeah. My my personal vendetta against it is that there is a a, a kitten. Um, that was crying out front of my apartment. This was like a week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, and I was trying to lure it out, but mm-hmm. people kept setting off fireworks. Aww. And so it was hiding up inside this car. And it was like this little, like, Aww. a dirty little kitten that clearly Aww. was, like, not capable of taking care of itself. And I so I was desperately trying to save it. But there was no hope because this was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I, it had woken me up because I heard it crying outside my window. But uh, then somebody started setting off fireworks again, so there was no no hope of rescuing the the, the car kitten. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't realize I having never had dogs, uh, I didn't realize how much I hated fireworks until I had kids. I know people with dogs often mm-hmm. cannot stand fireworks uh, because they scare their dogs. And then we had kids, and I was like, I understand now. I hate fireworks. Yep, because I want my kids to sleep at some point. Mm-hmm. And the fireworks prevent that. Um, also, they're like really dangerous. Have you ever thought about why we let? Like, why? Why can I have ex- these things that explode? I, yeah, patriotism. That that is <laughs> like we choose to risk exploding our limbs off uh, beca- to represent the fact that some people uh, were in dangerous foregrounds. I don't know. I. I thought that Roman candles were not a thing anymore. Like, I thought they just, like, fizzed. I was legit, like, walking back from the park the other evening at, like, I was maybe, like, eight. 
And all of a sudden, like, there's just a Roman candle goes shooting by my head. I'm like, what the heck? These kids were just having a Roman candle fight, like, in, like, just up and down the sidewalk. Just like the good old days. Yeah, I didn't know that those those were back. I don't know. Well, just but, like the one Fourth of July memory I love to share of Griffin McElroy and my child-sized inner tube <laughs> when I was no more than five with a Roman candle taped to it. <laughs> Those were the, shooting it everywhere. Those were the ones that just fizz. That was were before they? they were. They, because they, was that the same year we almost caught your house on fire? No, that those were the ones that just that because there was a long patch in West Virginia where you couldn't get the yeah. the exploding ones, which was good. Yeah. And I mean they're all bad, but now they're they're worse. Yeah. Um but I guess like any conversation into like, should we really let everyone have these explosives has to lead into like, well, what about guns? And America doesn't want to have that conversation no. ever. So we get to have fireworks too, I guess. I, I will say we have you've started teaching the next generation well, Sydney, when Charlie was at our house on the 4th of July. Of course, we didn't do any fireworks. We didn't have any. But we were outside at night swimming with her and we kept hearing the fireworks going off and seeing them on both sides of us and it was just horrible and Charlie just yelled into the void. Why do these people have fireworks? Those are terrible. Don't they know we're not supposed to have fireworks this year? Well, we told her that, you know, when she's when she's not behaving well, when she's like fighting with her sister mm-hmm. and won't do what we ask her to do and all that, we don't reward her with like ice cream yeah. or a new toy. She has to not get those things mm-hmm. and... Maybe go to bed early or something. I don't know. We're not very good with punishments, but you get the idea. You're not. So like, (laughs) uh, but we won't reward bad behavior. Yeah. And so if right now I don't understand why America gets fireworks. Why does America get America does not get dessert. It America gets sent to its room to think about what it did, (laughs) (laughs) and to come back when it wants to behave better. I agree. Yeah. Well, I like, you know, to be real, like every summer in New York, like there's a lot of fireworks, a lot of illegal fireworks mm-hmm. find their way here. That's like that's nothing new. Um, but the the consistency and the frequency and the quality, that's just I mean, because I've had a lot of people that are like, oh, you're just is this your first summer in New York. I'm like, no, it's my 15th. Uh, it's this is different. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely yeah. Yeah, just because I love fireworks. Like I'm the opposite. I love fireworks. I have been that that you know person making not great decisions, jumping over them and shooting them at my friends and letting my friends shoot them at me. I am. I do not make good decisions. Uh, and uh, even I am like, yeah, I'm tired. I never want to see them again. They no longer spark yeah. joy. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, Marie Kondo tell us get rid of them. I I much like Frankenstein have always had a fear of fire. But um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> and the okay. scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. I am afraid of fire, uh, but also um, the combo of being a parent and a physician. Don't love fireworks. Don't love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would be fine if they went away. Um, yeah, I don't know. That boy, I have now this year come out against parades and fireworks. 
Well, Sid, you, I am. You're not a. You're not a patriot. We know not, this. Yeah. I'm a bummer, is what I am. I'm a total bummer. <laughs> it's like how Dad used to say, "Every party has a pooper." That's why we invited you. And it's me. Oh. I am the one who's like, "Excuse me, I would rather us not have a parade because no. of the crowds that will gather." And you're, the- you're not the only one. You're the smart one. I know. Here. I, everybody has now come around to your way of thinking. You were right yeah. all along. Now, now we <laughs> all those summers when. Poor small Riley just wanted to have some fireworks and some sparklers and some fun. And Sydney went on and on about the dangers. Now we're all Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> now everyone real, everyone just hide in your home. <laughs> just uh, stay inside. Stay inside where it's safe. I've told you all along. Now you're finally listening. Think about what you did. Think about what you did. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So, you know what's not a bummer? Adventure Time. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, this is my this is my week, mine, <laughs> everyone. Um, <laughs> my week. No. Well, okay. Uh, I, can, can you share it with the rest of us? Because it's a three person conversation. I Whatever. I <laughs> <Yeah>. suppose. Um, <laughs> if it, hey, if this is your week, could you make it better than last week, or the week before, or the week before, or the week before that, or the week? Yeah, before? I was say real talk, Riley. Really? Do you do you want to claim any period is, of time in this? Because like, I sure don't. None of these weeks like, are mine. I am not responsible for any time space continuum that's happening. <laughs> This is like our poor mom at the beginning oh. of the year. She won't, she won't share. She won't mind. She shared this on social media a few times. Oh. At the beginning of 2020, January 1st, she said, this is the year of Mary. This is my year. <laughs> she had a big birthday coming up. She was like, this is my year. I'm going to make it about me. I'm going to do things I love. We even, like, for her birthday, planned, like, this big birthday trip where we all three were going to be with her and be together. And we were going to go hike because yeah, she, she loves she hiking. She wanted to hike. So we were going to do we, it. We were going to go outside and hike. And now every time something else happens, we're just like, well, mom, the dear year, you claimed it. <laughs> you're Mary. <laughs> you're Mary. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think we could take another year of Mary. <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think Mary can take another year of Mary. Yeah, it's um, valid. Sorry, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you, you can have a better year. Like, you can pick a different one and then yeah. you can get yeah. to the end of it and then just retroactively claim it. That's there we go. We'll let you have a take way. back. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is your take back. We, take back this year and then you get another one. Yeah. yeah this is a uh, just we I think we all get a redo on this year. I think we just keep mm, like gosh, just I hope so. Just nobody has a birthday this year. Nobody gets older. Nobody has to like just, you know, just next year's 2020 again. We pretend this never happened. Yeah, Justin turns 40 this year, and I have no idea how I'm going to make that special right now. So I turned 20 this whole time we've done this show. We've been talking about when I come to my end of teenage years. Who knew all this was going to happen at the end of my te- teenage years is what happens. I mean, you you might turn 20. I don't oh, know. No. Oh, no. Who knows? Time just might continue to cease to turn and no one turns anything. Uh, yeah. I, there was like a video of like a bunch of crows descending in a Walmart parking lot and like gathering. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, at least <laughs> at least this is happening. <laughs> That's at right. Least 2019. Was I did. At least we had that year. Like I just felt a sense of relief, and I couldn't explain it. Like, well, at least the crows are here. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the bird carrying the shark. That made sense. Yeah. yeah. Although, although Twitter informed me later, I believe it was a tuna. Look Acor- like shark. According, to, I look like a shark, but Twitter consensus was that it was a tuna. Well, all right. Um, yeah. That doesn't anyway, make prefer- any difference. In my brain, it's a shark. <laughs> Uh, Adventure Time yeah. mm-hmm. is a cartoon that was on um, 
Cartoon Network. And it started in 2010. I think I probably started watching it around the time it came out because I was very young when it first aired and it didn't finish until 2018. So it was a, it was a pretty long running cartoon series, but, um, I was very, very into it growing up. It was like the first cartoon I remember watching from beginning to end throughout a very long, significant period of my life, um, and it's kind of, I don't know, it's one of those cartoons that is just kind of silly in its in its characters and its stories and its forms. Mm-hmm. But also looking back on it now, rewatching all of it, um, it had some it had some good messages. It had some good moments. It was not all just silly candy people and um, stretchy dogs. <laughs> so, well, why do you think it in particular meant so much to you? Um, I you know I tried to think about this and. First, it was uh, a cartoon that I remember I started watching with my childhood best friend at the time. So it was something that whenever we were together, that was what we would turn on. Even if it was, I think that was around the time that like DVR and um, on-demand things on TV started being things you could use. So we would always like record them or do on-demand and watch them together for the first time. Would you TiVo them? TiVo them, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. This you remember is, TiVo? Yeah. yeah. Like the original dvr right we still say um yeah they were like the original dvr yeah. it, we still say uh bloop because uh-huh. when you would fast forward on tivo mm-hmm. it bloop, would bloop, make bloop. a little bloop bloop sound <laughs> and so we will still say like on a tv show like do you have bloop left yeah. like if you're recording it live like yeah. do you have any bloop like <laughs> so you can bloop through the commercial <laughs> that's very cute yeah. there's no bloop though there's no bloop anymore Mm-mm. um but yeah, it was it was like a moment for for us and our friendship and then beyond that, I remember it was like the the bit of childhood I held on to throughout like high school as I was getting older. I remember it was like my my dirty secret was oh no, I'm 17 years old and I'm a senior in high school, but I'm going to go home and watch some adventure time. <laughs> no one will know. Which <laughs> An adult watching cartoons. An adult watching cartoons, which, like, now I love cartoons and I watch them all the time. But when you're in high school and, you know, like, you got to be either cool or you're not cool. It's like, I can't. Taylor does not understand this. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Because I watch Adventure Time at the same time as you did. And I was like, oh, I was in, like. You, I mean, I was no, I was just an adult at that point. I was the same. If you were seventeen, that was just a few years ago. I was thirty, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch some Adventure Time." Like, yes, that was my my thirty year old plans. I, you know, I never got, but I think I think it's fair to say, like, cartoons in general, I don't seek out mm-hmm. the way that like well, like Justin will. I was gonna like, say your husband does. <laughs> he does, and I have watched like Steven Universe because of him mm-hmm. a lot of the other cartoons i watch now are because of charlie sure or sure. cooper to a lesser extent because cooper tends to watch whatever charlie watches but um but i didn't watch i mean he did watch it i think but i never watched adventure time yeah like i had very little i, I was aware of it mm-hmm. but i until now i had never sat down and watched episodes yeah. it was a little scary you thought it was a little scary well not for me i watched it with charlie uh, oh did I they could... think it was a little scary Charlie had some moments where she was kind of like, was like, it the Ice King? Did she not? No, oh. we watched what I, <laughs> I don't know if it was, I don't know what, we just clicked on an episode. We were kind of doing random based on the pictures. Mm-hmm. That's what they two usually do. And Marceline's dad. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, fun fact, I didn't realize until today 
the voice of Marceline is the little girl in Love Actually who the who sings All oh, I Want really? for Christmas is You. Yeah, I didn't Olivia know that. Olson. Mm-hmm. That's Marceline. Um, you know what's impressive? Charlie was watching and she uh, was sitting there for a second and she, Princess Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Oh, she said. Yeah, that's Starfire. It is. Yeah, and I said what? And she said that that's the voice of Starfire, and she was totally right. Yep. And I was very impressed that she just after. I mean, she'd never seen the show either. Yeah. But after a few seconds, she went, "That's Starfire." Yeah, and I'm sure Charlie loved Princess Bubblegum. Yes, she loved Princess Bubblegum. She also identified uh, the Ice King as Tom Kenny right away. Huh. Oh, because it's SpongeBob. Because it's SpongeBob. Wow. After a few minutes of listening to the Ice King, she went, "Is that SpongeBob?" From is, all those well, cartoons listening for Justin. <laughs> what she said is, is that the guy that I met that's the real Spongebob, but not the one from the musical, but the one that's from the cartoon, Tom Kenny? He <laughs> <laughs> has such a weird life. <laughs> we met him once at a con. Yeah. But she knew the Spongebob musical before she knew Spongebob. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. she said the real Spongebob, but not the one from the musical. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize I was rewatching some of the. <laughs> I love the lemon grab episodes because that's yeah. just a, a bizarre character, and I don't know why I didn't pick up on this. I guess because when those episodes were first out, it was be- maybe before Rick and Morty. Uh, but then I was rewatching. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's Justin Rowland, the creator, of, one of the creators of Rick and Morty. Oh, I was like, that's okay. that sounds like a Morty voice, and it is. It's uh, it's uh, wow, yeah. Well, and then this, I can hear that now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super on the nose, but I I did not yeah. realize that until I was rewatching it. And then uh, and then the voice of Jake is. Uh, what's his name? John John DiMaggio. What is that? Seems right from the credits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is that is his name. Who was also uh, he was also Bender from Futurama. Oh, yeah. Oh wow. He was I also on that that Teen that. Titans and Kim Possible. Who is he on Teen? Wait, Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go? Teen Titans. Oh, okay. I haven't yeah. watched that. Um. But anyways, <laughs> I I do like it now though watching it back because when you think about like you watch the opening credits and they give you this little like tour of the whole world that's left it's it's a post-apocalyptic earth is what it yeah. is yeah it Which, is yes and it is the series uh takes place about a thousand years after what they call the great mushroom war because it was a big nuclear war um that wiped out most humans except for finn and then a few others but that's why you have people that are candy and you have like the ice king because he it was he was a regular human but he found this crown that had powers during like the apocalypse and all these backstories come from a post-apocalyptic earth yeah. but now this is the world why are there so many princesses i guess just a bunch of different is that known areas and universes unless i miss something i don't i don't know I was just curious. I do know I, that, I, I, um, I observed in the few episodes that we watched, princesses. there are a lot yeah. of princesses. Yeah. Um, I do know that when it comes to Bubblegum, she, like, was on her own at a certain point and kind of made all of the people mm-hmm. and her own family and all the candy people herself. Because mm-hmm. she's... That's one of the things I love about that character. Is she is an all-pink princess, which, like, you know, very stereotypically feminine, female, whatever. But she's not... A damsel in distress she's a smart scientist and she is powerful mm-hmm. and makes it very clear that she like isn't there to fall in love or whatever like yeah i like the first episode we saw her in that we were watching she like her first appearance she's wearing a lab coat yeah, yeah. and uh, it was about making tarts well yeah. and she if you watch like because in the later seasons you get like the flashbacks all the way to like right after the apocalypse uh, mm-hmm. one of the, I think it's 
the episode, maybe it's Simon and Marcy, but it's one of the ones that focuses on Simon and mm-hmm. Marceline. Simon is who the Ice King was before he was transformed. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And they're running from like the weird post-apocalyptic, like gooey zombies that are everywhere. Yeah. And there's a pink goo that's spread across like a bridge that mm-hmm. they climb up and it kind of gets them to safety. And then later the pink goo gives them the can of soup that he feeds to Marceline to help her feel better. That is the like pre, that's what bubblegum is birthed from. Yeah. So she kind huh. of like formed from the post-apocalyptic radiation. She was birthed from this like yeah. radioactive bubblegum. Uh, I didn't catch the detail that she's the one that gives Marcy the soup until they rewatch and then it made me cry because I'm like, oh, yeah. Bubblegum's looking it's out for Marceline all the way when she she doesn't even have arms yet. <laughs> she was just goo. Just goo. Um, yeah, the, the lore yeah. is deep and weird. It is. Like, it starts out, you think it's like, oh, princesses and swords. That's fun. It's cute. And then like when you see the whole story, it's it's so big and sad and weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to, to unpack in there. Yeah. To dive into. Well, uh, let's talk about all of that. <laughs> you can lead okay. me there. I don't know. I watched some, but yeah. I obviously don't know all these details. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Hey, so uh, we're all staying in uh, a lot these days, or at least we should be. And part of that is is figuring out how to fend for ourselves when it comes to food, how to start learning how to cook for ourselves better. And we sometimes you need some help with like what kind of recipes and I don't know what ingredients. And HelloFresh has got you covered for all of that. Uh, you can get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They've got all kinds of different um, boxes that you can uh, sign up for. You can get vegetarian, you can get family-friendly recipes. So whatever your uh, eating style of choice, HelloFresh has got you covered. Um, It's less prep for you and there's less food waste. I can't tell you how many times I've gone and bought an entire bunch of herbs just to use a teeny bit of it in a recipe and then let them wilt away in my fridge. So HelloFresh will make sure that you don't have all that food waste afterwards. And uh, HelloFresh has donated over 2.5 million meals to charity in 2019, and this year is stepping up their food donations amid the coronavirus crisis. Uh, I can't tell you how nice it is um, in the evenings to uh, my husband and I to put together our HelloFresh together, talk. It's it's nice time to spend um, cooking, learning a little bit more about foods and flavors and what goes well together and developing those skills and then feeling really good about what you put into your body and the body of the people that you live with and love at the same time. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 80 still buffering and use code 80 still buffering to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80 still buffering. All right. So help me understand because I don't have a lot of that context yeah. for it. I mean, I watched, like I said, we kind of looked at pictures. And yeah. Charlie would be like, that one. And then Cooper would scream, no, that one. And we would. And so we sure. watched random episodes yeah. from different seasons and whatever. So mm-hmm. I didn't know all this backstory. Yeah. So it is. It's it's supposed to be a post-apocalyptic Earth. That's why you have these weird, powerful dogs, creatures, <laughs> candy people, whatever. Um but I like I was reading an interview with one of the creators 
and they were saying that this time period that Finn is around, and Finn's the, the main character, the, Finn the human. Right. Which, I know they make that distinction, it seems silly, like, oh, a human and a dog, but it is important, because then you find out that humans are a very rare species yeah. now, in, mm-hmm. in the new, ooh is what it's called, but Earth. Right. Um, but they said that this time period is when magic started coming back into the Earth after the events that everything, you know, the whole war and apocalypse and everything um so that's why you have princesses and kingdoms and you have finn with his his swords and his fighting for good and not wanting to do anything if it means that he's being evil or he doesn't want to hurt anyone that's not a bad person that this is supposed to be the time period when like good is is coming back into the world and magic's coming back into the world um which i think is very beautiful why do they tolerate that ice king stealing princesses all the time well, Sydney, why did the Mario Brothers tolerate Bowser stealing their princesses all the time? Well, I mean, they didn't tolerate it. Well, they kept trying to defeat him. Well, well, so did Finn and Jake. Well, they just kind of take the princesses back. Yeah. But the, the story for the the Ice King gets a lot <laughs> yeah. deeper and sadder because what you find out is that Simon, who the Ice King was, protected Marceline through the apocalypse. And he discovered the crown. Like, every time he put it on, it would give him the Ice King's powers, but it would make him more and more of the Ice King. And so he mm. basically sacrificed his identity and his, his awareness of himself to protect Marceline and eventually became the whole Ice King. So they kind of, and I mean, you can kind of see, I don't know, I, I'd be curious to know how much, how deep they had their, their lore planned out before they started it. Because the Ice King develops yeah. over time, kind of away from a character that's just the one note of, oh, he steals princesses, into something a lot deeper and a lot sadder. And a lot of people have talked about how because Marceline interacts with him still, and it's very sad for her because he's forgotten her. He's forgotten this whole past mm-hmm. with them. And uh, that it's a lot like a parallel for having a loved one with Alzheimer's um, in a mm. lot of the episodes that where she's trying to get him to remember some part of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like at the start, the Ice King's just a silly character. And by the end, it's like, I, I don't know, one of my top favorite characters, like the, the yeah. saddest storyline in Adventure sure. Time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think when you watch it, I w- went back and watched as much as I could from the very beginning. And definitely the first season and somewhat the second season, it's little one-off episodes that don't usually have a ton to do with each mm-hmm. other. And they're all, you know, like 11, 12 minutes long. Um, usually I remember they'd play like two back-to-back in one 30-minute slot. So you just get two little stories. Um, but then it was like they really, really got into lore and characters and then they would start doing these backstory episodes and they would show these flashbacks into, you know, who mm-hmm. the characters were, where they came from. Um, and then they even did, there was, <laughs> I was reading about the show and I read an article about the 30 best episodes and why they were the best ones. And all of them were, you know, about either just really great story or characters. But one that's always been, I think, in like my top five is Fiona and Kate, yeah. which is the gender bent universe mm-hmm. episode of... Finn and Jake, um, which they said was just them taking fan fiction and turning it into a real episode. Yeah. So it was the entire universe was gender bent. Neil Patrick Harris was the voice of Prince Bubblegum instead of Princess Bubblegum. Um, Cake was like the female version of Jake, Cat. Um, but they do tackle a lot of like Fiona's a girl. So at first she's talking about like needing like dates and wanting to date. Prince Bubblegum, but then also maybe Marshall the vampire mm-hmm. instead of Marceline. Um, 
but then by the end she's like you know whoever i am i'm gonna be and i'm gonna be me for me and if something comes along and i want to be with someone i want to be happy and that's great but if not i'm happy who i am and i'm gonna do my thing and i'm gonna fight evil and be my own person and it's very cool because it's like you have a then a female at the center of a whole adventure universe which i feel like usually you get males at the center of those mm-hmm. that's like with true. adventure yeah. time yeah yeah well, that's really cool. I, I knew that they did that because I think I saw merchandise to that mm-hmm. effect around the time that happened. Yeah, that um, was one of my favorites. Do you do you think that they were responding over time to who their audience was? Because I know watching... So Cooper really enjoyed it, watching it, I think because there's so many different like shapes and colors and it's yeah. a very visual it's it's very evocative from a visual perspective also very cute. it is very cute so i don't <laughs> yeah. i don't know that she was really following the plot sure. sure but she was really into it charlie was a little more hit or miss she wanted the ones with the princesses if there wasn't a princess involved especially bubblegum yeah. she was a little less and there were there were definite definitely characters and moments where she was like, oh no, like this is, <laughs> I I am too little for this. Yeah, <laughs> like um, looking at us, like what are yeah. you showing me? Um, and so I wonder if over time they realized they had an older audience. Well, I mean, when the show starts, Finn is twelve years old. So you know, I started watching. I was about ten, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like um, they aged him up almost with every season. Mm-hmm. So when they ended the season, he was, I think, 17 or mm-hmm. 18. And the reason they ended the season or the series was they said because this was about his growing up and going through adolescence and learning how to be an adult and entering adulthood. And we ended this part of his story here because this was him leaving mm-hmm. his childhood and becoming an adult. Um, so I think they definitely started aging up the stories and the characters with their audience because I know that I almost aged up perfectly in line with... <laughs> thin throughout the series um which is pretty cool to to watch that is and i think it follows that same formula we talked about it when we talked about sailor moon and i think steven universe does it too where they start with something that seems kind of innocuous and very easy to follow and easy to understand and episodic or just like you know episode of the day ish and then it grows in depth and complexity with the audience and i think that's really uh it's a smart way to 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 plan a cartoon that's going to last for that long um, yeah, I wonder if more and more cartoons are going to do that um, that are aimed at children because it, I don't think that was ever a thing like traditionally with cartoons we watched when we were little mm-hmm. that they would grow into like something you could follow sure. beyond you know just little one off you know, episodes with cute stories and characters and no connection yeah. between episodes I mean but I, I would say that's definitely more and more true of the stuff we watch. Yeah. With the girls. I mean, it's just every single character. There's even a whole episode that's on that list of the best episodes I was looking at called Root Beer Guy. And it's about this little side character that's in the very first episode called Root Beer Guy. Who's just, I mean, he's a little candy person, looks like a little thing of root beer. But then he gets a whole episode that's just about him and this like deep life he has about wanting to be a true crime author. <laughs> And then he's not very good at writing and he's married and has kids. But then he stumbles upon this plot to kidnap Princess Bubblegum. So he starts following it around and writing about it. And like, it's just things like that where they give even the smallest characters that seem most innocuous, like Gunther, who's uh, the Ice King's like 
head penguin I love God there. ends up becoming like the Ice King sort of equivalent by the end and wants power and also wants his own drum set like the Ice King has. And the peppermint butler who's like Princess Bubblegum's servant ends up having like dark magical yeah. powers. I mean, it's just everything has something well, going on. It's awesome. And some of the, I mean, both standalone episodes and the lore, it's like it, the depth and, and kind of the, the sadness that they don't shy away from, like the, the Cookie Princess episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that episode, I rewatched that, and man, it's it's entirely about this this little cookie who, I guess he's in like a candy person orphanage as a kid, and Princess mm-hmm. Bubblegum visits and says like, oh, you can be anything you want to be, and he says, I want to be a princess, and she laughs at him, and so he mm-hmm. grows up with this like kind of sadness about you know Princess Bubblegum laughing at him, and it tur- like the story is he like takes a quickie mart like hostage to force princess bubblegum to give her crown to him so he could be the cookie princess and like it's really sad like it's you know they're all the the banana guards like chase him and he he jumps off a a cliff and shatters and like ends up in a mental Mm -hmm. hospital in like a straitjacket and then like jake shows up with a crown for him so he can finally be the cookie princess it's a really complex episode that like kind of frames bubblegum as a bad guy and Jake's not really paying attention to the, the the sadness of it. It's like that's not just something that like a kid can. That's mm. just not like oh, it's a funny episode. It's it's really deep yeah. and sad, or uh, not not sad, but but deep. The episode where Jake goes or the Finn goes into the pillow world, and mm-hmm. it, he lives an entire life. Like he meets the pillow princess and marries her and has kids with her and grows old and and chooses to stay there. Like, he has the opportunity to come back to his world, but he doesn't. And so he chooses to die in the pillow world. And then, mm-hmm. in like, comes back to, to his world as, like, a little boy again. Yeah. Like, it's it's a yeah. whole lifetime that he lives inside the pillow world and then just forgives forgets it. And, like, that's not mm-hmm. just, like, goofy, funny stuff. That's, like, a, you know. That's a whole lifetime. Yeah. That, that happens on Doctor Who sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, yeah, oh, like does. on Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you know, not a plot line that you would imagine in a kids' cartoon. You know? Yeah. No. No. Well, and that sounds to me like the kind of thing that isn't. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of plot lines. You know. Okay. You guys are gonna make fun of me when when I watch Peppa Pig with Charlie and Cooper. <laughs> They love Peppa Pig, but they're like, there are lines and jokes and story parts that are clearly because they know parents are watching. Uh-huh. Like, very evidently. Yeah. They know parents are watching. And um, they're very funny. But, like, the plot is not about that. It's it's aimed at kids. Like, it's for, this is for kids. I have been made to watch Peppa Pig many times, and there is no through plot <laughs> going on (laughs) no it is for kids yes um but there are moments in there that they're like don't worry we got you here you go here you go here's here's a little something for you because there are moments that make me laugh very hard and both charlie and cooper turn around and look at me like what what are you doing um this is not like that because that's what i was not like peppa pig no well i mean this is not (laughs) i was was like is there there a depth to pepper pig that i'm i'm missing out on (laughs) No, well, it's not. It's not a depth. It's like little, like little things that they throw yeah, out there sure. for the parents. Well, it's like when you watch SpongeBob back, and there's all those moments, like jokes. I have watched SpongeBob back, and there are moments and jokes where I'm like, "Oh, I didn't get that as a kid. That's an adult joke now." Yeah, I, I see. I get well, it. and it, 
I think it's because it's, you know, a lot of a lot of the real, like, it's not necessarily lessons that you learn in adulthood, but the things that you encounter, it's just kind of like, oh, that's a new thing I have to think about, or that's, that's a reality I have to face. And that's the thing, like, Adventure Time doesn't always boil down to, here's a lesson about sharing, like, here's a lesson about friendship. A lot of times it's like, mm-hmm. here's just a weird gray area of truth that you'll confront as you come of age that you'll have to mm-hmm. figure well, out how to deal with. Yeah, and that sounds older to me. Like that's yeah. that's different. That's why I was gonna I was contrasting. <laughs> like it is. This is something where like a plot line like that would be aimed at someone older. Mm-hmm. Would not be like Charlie can ad- identify with this part of it, but there's also this other level. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it is on that level intentionally. Yeah. yeah, like we have intentionally made the plot this complex and nuanced, as opposed to Peppa Pig, which yeah. is. Wonderful, but not as complex sure, and no. nuanced, perhaps. Um, and I do think it's important to know, we mentioned this in our a few episodes ago, um, that the very last episode, the series finale, ends with Princess Bubblegum and Marceline the Vampire Queen sharing a kiss, a very sweet moment, where Marceline is worried Princess Bubblegum might die, basically. There's a whole another war going on, and she doesn't, and then... They kiss. And there's this whole backstory that's never talked about in too much detail or, like, said explicitly, but it's like Taylor mentioned before. They obviously used to have some sort of romantic history. Um, and then you see that at the very end of the show, which I think is super cool because I think that was probably the first time I'd ever seen two female animated characters kiss or be together romantically. I don't think that's anything I'd ever seen yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, is, it doesn't yeah. feel like it comes from nowhere because there is a lot of back yeah. and forth with the characters where you can, you get the sense they were very close and then there was a falling out and then, you know, there's a lot of tension between them. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, it's really it's really beautiful rewatching it and being like, oh, this was always supposed to happen. Maybe not always. I think yeah. that they've said, like, it was a decision they made, like, earlier on in the series but and started, like, mm-hmm. dropping hints, you know. Yeah. Well, and it is nice to see, like there was such a long time where that sort of representation that was kind of hinted at and suggested was as good as you could hope to get, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Whereas now, like when you, when I think of like the cartoons that my kids watch now, um, we've, I talk a lot about the loud house as Mm -hmm. being representative of not just straight relationships or in straight characters, but um, uh, Craig of the Creek is another really great example, which mm-hmm. if you're not watching, <laughs> you also watch Craig of the Creek. And Craig of the Creek is another one too, where I, I get the sense that there is going to be more of a through line that they're slowly sure. building, but it's so slow. And so it, it still feels very like one-off episodic, but yeah. like, but, th- but again, like the representation of characters who aren't straight is, is, it's explicit. It's part of it. Whereas before, like you, you would kind of couch that in some sort of magical, fantastic world. Yeah. You know, same as like Steven Universe, right? Steven Universe very much started with that kind of idea. These were not straight relationships, but it's also like, they're not humans. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which brings up, I think my favorite relationship in Adventure Time between Jake and Lady Rainicorn, <laughs> who are together from the very first episode, and Lady Rainicorn is just this magical flying rainbow unicorn who only speaks Korean, I believe is what she's speaking. Um, 
the whole time. Right? I think, yeah, I think you're right that she speaks Korean. I think yeah. it's Korean. Um, but, and they don't, I mean, I watch with subtitles almost always just like by force of habit. They don't ever put in like, oh, here's what she's actually saying. It's just that is her character, that is the language she speaks, and Jake is the only one who ever fully understands her, and they have a very, very weird relationship because it's Jake the dog and then the big flying rainbow unicorn. And they have babies. Um, and they have lots of little magical babies, yeah. and they're all very cute. And the babies all get, like, they all grow up, uh, apparently, like, the children of rainicorns or magic dogs grow up very fast, so they all, like, become, mm-hmm. like, young adults, and Jake has to deal with that, yeah. and... I think there's one episode where one of, yeah. one of his kids is super responsible and, like, put together and professional, and it's contrasted with Jake just, you know, living in a treehouse with his kid best friend, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. My kid's more responsible than me. What do I do? Yeah. Um, but also, Jake and Finn, which I didn't mention earlier, are brothers, right. uh, like, adopted brothers, um, because Finn was abandoned when he was a little baby, which you find out later, like, there was this whole, like, protection by his human parents and they had to leave him behind and all, the, and all this kind of stuff. But then Jake's dog parents find him and they're like, oh, let's take care of this baby. And the story is, you know, based on him. Jake, or Finn was a baby. He pooped on the ground and fell into his poop. It was a story called Boom Boom Mountain. And then he got very sad about it and he was crying as a baby there. And he had pooped and then Jake's parents found him in his poop and carried him home and then they adopted him and owned him and now he's he and jake were brothers said the word poop a lot just now yeah i, I know i say that was a lot of that yeah, well that's like really the whole, it was very sad he was like they were trying to save someone who is stuck on boom boom mountain and finn had to deal with like this whole like traumatic past he had had there and had to like still fight to save the people that were sat there, even though being there gave him bad memories of being there when he was mm. a baby and being alone in his in his boom boom. Well, and that is kind of one of the weird roundabout ways that they they deal with things that are actually like I mean yeah that's a silly yeah. story but they're yeah. talking about dealing with past but, trauma. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. That's, they 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 could. Which again, you, yeah. yeah, you watch I'll it when follow. you're a kid and you're like, oh, he pooped and then got stuck in his poop and he cried and he's a baby. But then you watch it when you're older and you're like, oh, but he like has a some traumatic experiences going on there and he's having to deal with those to help other well, people and i mean um, like similarly like he brought up his his parents like he he finally like finds his his dad and his, his dad's a total jerk face like mm-hmm. like Aww. he loses an arm trying to find his dad and 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 is mm-hmm. depressed like right like you know like yeah. goes through a depression afterwards and they you know this is not stuff like can, can like an adopted kid confront like finding his you know or his parents and like discovering that they aren't yeah. great people like that's that is a storyline for a kids cartoon an important yeah. one i think but you know dealt with in kind of a fanciful yeah. like magical way but then relating to something that's real and, and important to recognize sure um not as important but i did enjoy the goose you did mm-hmm. enjoy the goose the, the goose made me laugh a lot mm-hmm I also wanted to know if Dr. Princess is a character that comes back or is she just there for the one episode? Uh, um, she helps deliver uh, Gunter's uh-huh. baby. Yeah. I know there are several episodes where like all the princesses are just like in kind of one big princess cluster. And I want to say she's there for all of those where just you kind of got all the princesses there at once. I enjoyed the... Um, I'm not even a real princess. It's just my surname joke. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. 
But um, I felt seen from Dr. Princess. Dr. Princess kind of has a you vibe. She yeah. does. Yeah. She has a me vibe. I felt I saw her and I was like, oh, okay. I'm I get here. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm present. Um, I forgot to mention, J- Jake and Lady Rainicorn have babies and Jake, you know, identifies as a male character, but he is the one that has the children. Um, and Jake's dad was the one that had him and I mm-hmm. like gave birth. And I think that's really cool that, you know, yeah. you have this male character who is dating and married to, I suppose, a, a female character, but the males are the ones having the kids because like gender roles don't seem to mean much in the world sure. of adventure time. Um, and it's never a thing they make a big deal out of either. Just like, I don't think they ever make like a whole big, Oh no controversy or deal over like bubble gum and Marceline being yeah, together yeah. at some point. Um, which I think is cool. Uh, cool. I just wanted to check. She, uh, Dr. Princess does appear in uh, a lot of episodes but also uh she appears in disguise as science wizard <laughs> science <laughs> wizard that's oh, yeah no did you now you've given away my oh, other no. identity oh, no. i i often am disguised as science oh, wizard no. so did you did you perhaps encounter tree trunks in your in your little bit of watching <gasps> oh I did tree not. trunks is one of you my favorite didn't? characters the, oh my gosh the first i i mean that's like i kind of felt like oh, the, the first season's real light and silly and like the first episode with tree trunks it's like maybe it's one of the first episodes in the season or in the series yeah like it's really dark <laughs> yes <laughs> tree trunks is a little tiny elephant and she's like an yeah, old woman she talks in this silly like, old lady very, voice it's old. really cute yeah um but she talks of wanting to pick this perfect crystal enchanted gem apple because she makes pies and she wants to make one out of this apple but she's not very good at adventuring because she's old so Finn and Jake take her on this adventure through the the scary forest to find the gem apple and show her that she can be a good adventurer but like her way of trying to be animal or beat monsters is to like put on makeup and do a a sexy dance yeah, for she, him and <laughs> seduce him and try to kiss and him. they don't shy away like she's going like I'm gonna seduce him with my body <laughs> it's like yeah. oh no, no. <laughs> oh no oh, but it's very good it's very like, cute. Sp- spoiler alert for the very old episode of Adventure Time it, it, it all culminates with finally they find the crystal apple and so they like lift her up and she takes a bite of it and then she explodes and then they go to credits mm-hmm. like that's it's like yep. ah <laughs> And then it's just a while before you hear from Tree Trunks. Yeah, she comes back. She's just, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Yeah, she's fine. It's really... Oh, man. I was like, every episode just has so many weird little details. Like, there is so much world building. There are so many characters that, like, you just, you want to know about or they'll eventually come back to. There's so much loop around. Like, it's really the the amount of creativity... um, that's poured into this like uh yeah it's it's amazing it's so just like rich yeah rewatching, i was going to just pick at it a little bit to get the base basics back but i couldn't stop watching well i think um i will be watching more because charlie and cooper very much oh good to watch more good so i'm i'm glad yeah charlie and cooper will like the little rainicorn jake babies yeah yes yeah, so especially Cooper was like demanding, didn't want to go to bed last night, demanding another episode. Yeah, I can see Cooper liking it a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's very bright. So, what I will say, uh, one of the main creators on that, uh, Pendleton Ward, um, there's a not for kids, but there's a new show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel, which is one of the most beautiful things. It's animated, uh, oh. but one of the most beautiful, like just 
heart wrenching. It's it's basically it's kind of built around a podcast actually. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like he's interviewing these different people and they're kind of going through these fantasy landscapes as he's interviewing them. But then the actual dialogue is from a podcast interview, hmm. and it's really gorgeous. It's wow. intense. There's yeah. there's like it's definitely for adults. Yeah. Don't let the kids watch this 100 but <laughs> it's right. really good um sid what's up next oh next um we haven't done archie yet oh man here we go oh man well we're doing and uh, we're not talking well. about what no, riverdale or oh. we're talking to archie uh at least at least make sure you you know the language of archie comics the i language. will let you all i will let you all discuss riverdale as much as you see fit i will not be watching riverdale I had to stop watching Riverdale even, so, so I will not. Yeah, I, will I not, fell off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I will so be discussing the Archies of yore. I'll reread some of your old ones. I still have at the house. Sure, I have some. If you need some, oh good, <laughs> even more. <laughs> you need some double digests? I got some. Um, well, thank you all for watching Adventure Time with me and discussing it with me. Well, thank you. Yes. It was it was a, a good addition for our uh, for the girls. Good, a good new show for them. Yeah. So maybe I won't have to watch the same episode of Mickey's Mouse, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with the pirate ship and the treasure again. I hope you'll get out of that yeah. cycle. I've, I've seen it 35 <laughs> <That> times. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Um, I hope you're all staying safe, staying well, um, taking care of yourselves. Thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting our show. You should go to Maximum Fun for lots of podcasts you would enjoy. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org if you have suggestions or questions or comments. Uh, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. For extra credit, you could listen to the archies as well. What about the old cartoon? Oh, hey. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've seen that before. I started listening to Ono, Ross, and Carrie shortly after I broke my arm, and the doctor had told me I'd never walk again. I couldn't get my book started. I was lost, honestly. I knew it was time to make a change. There's something about Oh No, Ross and Carrie that you just can't get anywhere else. They're thought leaders, discoverers, founders. I'd call them heroes. Ross and Carrie don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. They take part themselves. They show up so you don't have to. But you might find that you want to. My arm is better. I can walk again. I wrote an entire book this weekend. It, it's terrible, but I did it. Just go to MaximumFun.org. Thank, Thank you, Ross, Ross and Carrie. Owner Ross and Carrie is just a podcast. It doesn't do anything. It's just sounds you listen to in your ears. All these people are made up. Goodbye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.